Welcome in to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. It's Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Dean Ryan, coming from the Tesla Studios out of beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Got a nice full show for you, lots to talk about. Talk about Russell Wilson and how he apparently has a price tag for a trade. Alex Wilson, Alex Smith, trying to combine the names right there. Alex Smith apparently wasn't really wanted on the Washington football team last year. Devin Booker, was he an all-star snub? I'm going to talk about that. And I'm also going to discuss a recent law that was proposed in Chicago by lawmakers or a representative of Chicago about banning all violent video games for people of all ages. So I want to touch on that. But first, probably the biggest thing in the news that broke yesterday around midday, Tiger Woods. I was like, most of you probably heard about it because it was like there's some athletes that just transcend sports. They're just, they're more than sports. They're celebrity. You know, LeBron James, I feel, has hit that. Michael Jordan, you know, Tiger Woods definitely fits the bill. Yesterday, around midday, I was finishing up my work before I went out to lunch. I was listening to Pat McAfee show, breaking news, Tiger Woods, you know, got in an accident where he rolled off the side of the road, and immediately what stuck out to me was that it was in Palos Verdes. PV is somewhere that I am familiar with. I have an aunt and uncle that live there. Well, it's just my aunt now, but my aunt lives there. My cousin lives there. I have little cousins that live in PV, so I grew up going there all the time, and, you know, the streets are very windy. There's a lot of hills and cliffs, so I immediately thought the worst when I heard about that, and then especially when you see pictures of the wreck, apparently what happened is he was going down southbound or northbound on Hawthorne Boulevard where I guess it's a pretty steep descent and I guess his car went and like drove off across the center divider went into the opposite lane went off the road and just like must have rolled multiple times because it looks like when you can see the helicopter from the news that did footage of where it looked like he crossed the center divider and where he flew off the road and where his car ended up. It was a great distance. And it's thank God that Tiger Woods is well, relatively fine. And when I'm saying relatively fine, it's his team put out last night that he's awake and he's aware of what's going on and he's responding, which is good. You know, because when you see footage of that wreck, there's – you know, that's something that, you know, a lot of people might not have been able to walk out of. So apparently he did bust up his legs pretty bad. Reports from surgery is that he needed a rod placed in his right leg. And then I guess his ankle was also shattered. So he needed screws and pins in his foot and ankle. And from the descriptions that of the injury, it sounds like the bones were like splintered so like i don't know if it was necessarily a compound fracture but when you hear about bones splintering that does not sound good you know especially for tiger woods he's in his 40s now he just had his fifth back surgery in 2020 
you know, his first back surgery dated back to 2014. So he just had his fifth one to finish off 2020. That's why he wasn't playing in any tournaments to start the year. You know, the farmer's insurance was just here in Torrey Pines, San Diego, last month and he wasn't able to play recovering from the surgery i think all in hopes that he would be back for the masters in 2021 so that's in april that's definitely not going to happen and i think at this point golf should probably be the farthest thing from tiger woods mind i know he's you know he's come back from a lot watching him win the 2019 masters was one of the greatest sports things I've ever got to witness. I remember watching that with my wife on a Sunday morning, just glued to the tube, watching every little bit of it. My wife was pregnant, and it was just, yes, it was so memorable just watching Tiger Woods finally be able to win a Masters after 11 years. You know, his last Masters, or his last major that he had won before that Masters was the 2008 U.S. Open, and that's another memorable moment in my sporting watching or sports fandom you know he tore his acl and he still had to play an overtime round and won and it was incredible you know and whatever your opinion on tiger woods on his off you know off the off the golf course whatever he does you know as an athlete tiger woods is one of the you know one of my favorite athletes of all time so you know, T's and P's, Tiger Woods, hoping for a speedy recovery. And, you know, only time will tell if we'll ever see Tiger Woods playing golf again at a competitive level. So switching gears now to the football world, let's talk some Russell Wilson. A few weeks back, I was talking about Russell Wilson and how he was unhappy, apparently, with the Seattle Seahawks. He was unhappy with I guess the protection that he's had in his career, I guess he's on pace to being the most sacked quarterback of all time. Whether that's all the Seattle's protection, whether that's all their fault, or whether there is some blame on Russell Wilson for, you know, and he self-admitted that he holds on to the ball a lot to, you know, look down the field and try to get those perfect shots and, you know, for, you know, try to make everything out of every little play. So, the when it's we're talking about protection and the amount of sacks, I think there's you know I think there's a little blame to be shared around, but at the end of the day, he's not happy, and I mentioned that I felt like this was just you know media fodder and it was just something that you know he mentioned on the Dan Patrick show and that his team was basically going to use that to try to leverage some roster move with Seattle, but since that's happened. Seattle has voiced that they're not happy with Russell Wilson, with you know him expressing these views, I guess, out in public. So it's kind of interesting because he's kind of being more vocal right now. And considering that Russell Wilson is a dude that I feel like he's really image conscious, is all about his brand, it's kind of interesting that he's really kind of put out so much that he's unhappy with what's going on with Seattle. And now reports are coming out through NFL Network and reporters from NFL Network that Seattle would potentially, the conversations for Russell Wilson start with the three first-round draft picks. And just the fact that there's even a price tag on Russell Wilson I think is kind of crazy because Russell Wilson seems like one of those dudes, just like Patrick Mahomes, where 
I have a hard time seeing the teams moving away from him. Russell Wilson became the starting quarterback, I believe, in 2012. And since then, the Seattle Seahawks have only missed the playoff once. So this dude is a winner. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's easily a top five quarterback in the league right now. He's, you know, regardless of them getting bounced in the wild card this past year, he had a career year. He threw for 40 touchdowns. And I feel like the more, like, as DK Metcalf matures, I'm excited to see what that, you know, partnership of Russell Wilson, his 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 deep throw ability, and DK Metcalf, what they can do for the next you know few years as DK Metcalf improves, and Russell Wilson, I believe, has at least another ten good years at least, and especially the way he takes care of his body and the investment you hear that he spends like a million dollars just on like chefs and personal maintenance. So he's someone that's going to be a quarterback for a long time. And that's why he demands like, like such a high price tag. Like, I mean, starting at three first, I feel like, yeah, that that's definitely just a start. You're going to have to throw in probably some players and possibly some more draft picks. This is a dude that is worth it. And it would be interesting to see if any teams actually do pony up something enough for Seattle to want to get rid of Russell Wilson however you know Pete Carroll's the coach Pete Carroll's one of the older oldest coaches in the NFL I don't see him really being on board with a complete rebuild and I think if you're getting rid of Russell Wilson and not getting in exchange a quarterback that's ready to go and keep that offense operating at like high capabilities it's going to end up being probably a rebuild you know you could maybe see if they could do something with like maybe Dallas where you switch Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, like in that case, it wouldn't be a complete rebuild, but unless you're bringing in, yeah, like I think like a top 10, top 15 quarterback into Seattle, it's just not going to be good news. So I think, I still think at the end of the day, the talks of, you know, what the price tag should be and, you know, for Russell Wilson, I think that that's just all talking points. I think it's for people like me and people on all the talk shows and ESPN that just have something to talk about in the football offseason. I think, if anything, some of this that'll come out of all this is that Seattle will invest into some offensive line or some protection for Russell Wilson, and they have to. You know, you don't want to keep your star quarterback disgruntled. You don't want to do like what Houston did, and, you know, now you have Deshaun Watson who's – He's not really saying much. He's letting everyone else do the talking for him. But the, I feel like the pressure on Houston to move him has been kind of growing in the offseason. So, you know, you don't want a situation like that. I don't see Russell Wilson moving at the end of the day. And I think so if you hear people talking about it, just remember that this is just more it's just conversation talkers for people that cover sports, people like me, people like any talk radio. It's just something for us to talk about. So at the end of the day, Russell Wilson ain't going anywhere. Another quarterback who was in the news yesterday that I found kind of interesting, it was Alex Smith. He was the quarterback. He won for the Washington football team last year. I mean, he wasn't the quarterback the entire year, but he was a quarterback for basically – the important stretch at the end of the season, you know, he played eight games and he was five and as a starter, he was five and one. And for a Washington football team that went seven and nine and really snuck into the playoffs due to being in like the worst division of all time, the NFC East, you know, he, 
was a legit reason for Washington football team getting in there in addition to their really dominating defense led by Chase Young. So, you know, Alex Smith won comeback player of the year because if anyone recalls, he had that really, really nasty leg break back in, he was 2018, I believe. You know, if you see pictures of it, like there's some very, very graphic pictures. So I do warn you, if you look up pictures of Alex Smith leg injury, you're going to see a dude's leg completely open up. You're going to see muscle. You're going to see bone. You know, he had issues with infections and there was even risk that he was going to lose his leg. You know, this is all stuff that if you follow football and if you know anything about football, like you probably have heard the story because it's just so epic. It's pretty interesting that yesterday it came out, Alex Smith was talking about that apparently Washington football team didn't even really want him there. And he goes on to talk about because when he broke his leg, the coach for Washington, at the time the Washington Redskins, was Jay Gruden. And in the time from his injury and him doing rehab and stuff, they fired Jay Gruden and brought in Ron Rivera. So it's been it's a completely different regime. So, you know, usually a lot of times when new coaches get brought in, new general managers, they want their own personnel. They want their own players. They want to be able to get the credit by being like, hey, this is my guy. So Alex Smith was not going to be Ron Rivera's guy. And he wasn't going to be – he wasn't in Washington football team's plans. I think they just anticipated – they saw the pictures that are on the internet, the ones that I warned you guys about. They saw that stuff. They saw the extent of what he had to recover from and what the rehab was going to look like. And I don't, they, didn't, they didn't believe he was going to come back. And he was mentioning that when he was actually trying to rehab and saying that he was going to come back and he was working towards it, he said that there was people in the organization that were very patronizing about it. Like, oh, like, we're really happy what you're trying to do. But he felt it was almost just kind of like a, you know, them just being nice. But like, let's be real. You're not going to fucking do anything and you're not really going to come back. And then he said even to the point when he actually was ready to come back, they were starting to they were trying to put him on the physically unable to play list the pub list and you know so and he was just like kind of like no there's no way I felt like he felt like he was he had just ran a marathon and now no someone was gonna not let him finish running the marathon so you know he long story short he eventually you know Washington football ended team ended up needing him you know, Dwayne Haskins ended up just being a disaster and their other options ended up getting hurt. And next thing you know, Alex Smith comes in and like I said, comeback player of the year. He was five and one as a starter. And, you know, you can do the math. Five of their seven wins. He's definitely a big piece of Washington football winning that division, regardless of the shitty division. So it's interesting to hear. Alex Smith talk about that especially Alex Smith is not a, like someone that kind of comes out and talks shit about his own team or other players or anything like that so I think it is interesting that he was talking about like hey my team didn't even want me to be the quarterback I don't know if it's like we have to take this as a grain of salt because at the end of the day Alex Smith is a like a competitor and to be able to come back from such a gnarly injury I'm sure he had to fuel himself with stuff. And maybe it was just doubters, you know, like, hey, no one believes I want to be able to come back and do this. No one thinks I'm going to be able to come back from this injury. And I'm sure he probably 
when thinking about a lot of the stuff was probably like my own team doesn't even want me back they're already making plans they don't even talk about me and their plans so it make it's, it would be interesting to hear what the washington football team organization has to say about alex smith's comments because you know it, it is kind of interesting if it was you, at the end of the day can you really blame washington football team for not i guess taking into account alex smith and their plans when you know he was he's towards the end of his career and with the extent of how nasty that injury was you, you know i don't think you can blame them for looking ahead and trying to blame plan for the future and alex smith i guess you can you know you can't really blame the guy for he probably you know did notice you know he could read the room and see that no one really thought he was going to come back so you know, i think it's an interesting story I think it'll be interesting to see what Alex Smith ends up doing for the rest of his career. Me personally, I think that he's he's done enough and he's shown that, hey, that he can come back and he can come play football. But at the same time, whenever you'd watch him play football last year, anytime he got pressure, anytime it looked like he was going to get hit, it was almost like you were holding your breath, like, please, dude, don't die. Don't get broken. So, you know, hats off to Alex Smith. You know he he can he he's earned the right to be able to make the decision, do whatever he wants to do. But you know I'm hoping that he can ride off in the sunset and be like he did prove a lot of the doubters wrong. And you know his 2020 season was really inspirational for you know anyone that's facing adversity and you know especially for people that are coming back from gnarly injuries. They can look at Alex Smith and be like, hey dude, if he can come back from such a brutal broken leg, you know I can come back from anything. Now about the NBA All-Star game, I wasn't going to talk talk about this, but I've actually had multiple buddies like text me about it. Like I woke up in the middle of the night to take a whiz. I had a message from one friend that was like, hey, dude, on tomorrow's show, can you talk about the NBA All-Star game snubs? And then on the way into work slash to record the show today, I had another friend today that text a number of different things NBA related, but one of them was, please tell me how Devin Booker is not an all-star. And so I figure let's address it. Like Devin Booker, let's be real. I'm just going to come out and say it. He's obviously an all-star. This guy's a stud. He's one of the best shooting guards in the league. You know, he's averaging almost 25 points a game on four assists and almost four rebounds. But I don't think this is a case of, Devin Booker not being an all-star and these other guys are I just think it's a case of there's a limited size on these rosters and especially if you have to have even numbers on east and the west I'm more just looking at who's on the team and who are you gonna take off you know because like in the starting lineup you can't there's literally no nothing wrong with it LeBron James Stephen Curry Luka Doncic Nikola Jokic Kawhi Leonard okay those are that's totally fine then you look at the reserves and you know it's like anthony davis paul george rudy gobert damian lillard donovan mitchell chris paul zion williamson like who are you going to switch out there i mean because i think it's at this point it's like you're just kind of like picking preferences if you want to switch booker out for any of these guys you know you could look at chris paul like his points per game isn't anything too impressive. It's 16.6, and he's got 8.5 assists per game. So, I mean, he's like, you know, but he's he's one of the best facilitators. 
my buddy Steven called him Point God, you know, and he's really what's one of the things that's helping this, you know, in addition to Devin Booker, but it's the arrival of Chris Paul that's really made the Suns really become a contender in the West. And, you know, they're doing really great in the West right now. So, I mean, but, you know, you could argue switching Booker with Chris Paul there, you know, even... You know, you could look at Paul George. You could possibly put Booker in over Paul George. But I think that this is just a case of there's only so many people you can put on this team. And every year there's always snubs. There's always people that are like, how can this dude not be an all-star? Look at his numbers. But it's also like look at everyone else's numbers. Sometimes it can be no fault. No one else's fault. Like it's just – that's the way the cookie crumbles. So with Devin Booker, I think that's just one of those things where it's kind of it sucks because I'm sure with the contract and being an all-star, you get some extra money and stuff like that. But to be honest, just hearing especially comments from LeBron James, I don't even think that a lot of these players really want to be playing in the all-star game. Like, I'm sure they want to be recognized as an all-star because when you can, at the end of your career, it's a good accolade. They can be like, I was a five-time all-star. So, of course, I'm not going to be ignorant to that fact. But I think the little silver lining, I guess, is you're going to get some extra rest on your legs after that short turnaround from last season. So, you know, Devin Booker, he's obviously an all-star. But I think if the issue with people with the snubs every single year, if we want to fix that, then expand the rosters but i think until they expand the rosters every single year we'll be having this conversation but it'll just be someone else that got snubbed so yep that's my opinion on that and then switching gears to a non-sports topic to end the day well first off there's two little things one thing jeff my bud that got a playstation 5 that guy still hasn't even opened it yet, so uh, it's really insulting to someone that just like I want to just I want to be able to look and smell it and be able to just see how awesome it is. And Jeffrey's too sleepy to play, man. So, <laughs> all right, I wasn't gonna talk about that, but the thing I was gonna talk about is I was reading that apparently Chicago lawmaker proposes a bill to ban the sale of violent video games like Grand Theft Auto. And this was in response to the rise in carjackings in the city. So, according to Democratic Representative Marcus Evans Jr., the problems in Chicago, and particularly carjackings, is games like Grand Theft Auto V and games of that sort and violent games. And that's, that's what's going to fix the problems in Chicago. So, I mean... This would be an amendment to, and they've already got something like that, right? They've got, in 2012, they passed a law that forbids the sale of violent video games to anyone under the age of 18. It's like, okay, so that that's obviously helped, right? Like Chicago, the city, that's really like, when anyone talks about it, it's people joke about how much like crime and murder rates and gang violence there is in Chicago. Yeah, so that, that really helped in 2012 to limit the sale of violent video games. So nowadays, let's, yeah, let's, let's limit the sale of violent video games to stop carjackings. Like, I do agree. If you look at the statistics, the carjackings seems like it's an issue right now. There's 1,400 um, 
carjackings in 2020, which was more than double in 2019. And then in 2021, they're on pace for 1,800 carjackings. So that's 400 more than 2020. So there obviously is issue. And, hey, all that power to you. Maybe stopping the sale of violent video games, that'll fix the problem. But that's an issue, right? But what about their murder rates? Right now, in 2021, the amount of homicides in Chicago is 73. And that's the most since 2017. So it's like, yeah, like, we're not going to address that because the carjackings is the issue. Let's ignore the homicides. So I guess that must not be a part of his agenda or on something on what he's worried about, right? You know what I think will probably fix the homicides in Chicago is them getting rid of statues of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, apparently lawmakers and city planners have proposed removal of certain statues that might cause social unrest in the city. And among those statues are statues of Abraham Lincoln. You know, the same Abraham Lincoln from Illinois, the same Abraham Lincoln that on the license plates of Illinois license plates, they literally call it the land of Lincoln. Apparently nowadays, that's one of the problems in Chicago. Right, we're gonna fix it by taking down picture or statues of the president that you know brought the Emancipation Proclamation, the president that was the president through Civil War, the president that's attributed to helping get rid of slavery in this country. He's he's the like statues of him are the problem, in Chicago. You know, it's like reading this was just so infuriating. You know that. Let's remove violent video games. That's what's going to stop carjackings. And I guess let's also add, let's just throw in violent video games. Also, let's say it's going to reduce homicides and murders. Really? It's like the problem with Chicago, honestly, is dumbass lawmakers that think that the problems in the city are statues of Abraham Lincoln and violent fucking video games. Okay, because doing things like that and thinking that's going to fix the issues and the real problems in the city, that's the problem. Because you're obviously not doing real shit. Okay? So it's just, it's insulting to, when there's so many studies out there that have shown zero, really, correlation with violent video games, with violent crimes, or increased crimes, or influencing a minor or someone to do crimes. I think it's just lazy politicians. It's just something that gets brought up every couple years, and it's so stupid. And hopefully the people of Chicago will see, you know, at least the people that are represented by this guy, look at, like, how ridiculous. This this is the kind of shit he's doing to help your city. You know, hopefully the next time they vote, they can vote this clown out of office, and they can actually try to fix the city, and, you know, with real shit, not taking down statues of, you know, one of the most beloved presidents in the country's history and the state of Illinois, you know. So, yeah, that's my rant. I don't know how well thought out it was. Again, I mean, with this podcast, it's very off the cuff. I don't pause it at any point. I don't go back and edit it. I record it. I stop record, and I publish this baby, and everyone can hear it. So, if you have any opinions about it, you can hit me up on the Facebook, leave a comment. Again, this is, I really appreciate anyone that listens to the show, takes the time out of your day, and uh, yeah, this has been a Cali Green Monster Show.
I've been your host, Dean Ryan, coming from the Tesla Studios here in San Diego, California. Have a good one, guys. Peace.